Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESO Amazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy, and welcome to the third episode of the 2017 Dragon Con Con Report. There's just over 150 days left until Dragon Con. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew, starting, of course, with Director Mike Faber. Mr. Mike, it is so good to see you again. How are you? (laughs) You see me every week, man. Yeah, I know, but I just wanted to make it a little more dramatic for once. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yes, of course. And people, people who I'm hoping that people that are listening to this show listen to our regular weekly show, too. Oh, you'd hope. But they're going yes, like, we'd hope. Earth Station what? No, exactly. That's our next podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Earth Station what? That's not what the it's W It's going to air for. right after Earth Station who? <laughs> who, what, where, when? No, that's, that's first space. Wow. <laughs> uh, oh. Okay, and as you just heard, Darren Noel is back with us this month. Hi, folks. What's up? Howdy, sir. How are things? I, I am fine. I am That's... fine. I don't want to kill anyone today, so everything's good. Good to hear. Good to yeah. hear. Um, we've got Mary Lou Who with us. What's up? Ha- and a new comfy chair, too. I am. My butt feels so good. <laughs> it's a comfy chair. Excellent. She brought the comfy chair. Excellent. Not the comfy and chair. Nick Ural Baker is with us too. Hey guys, how's it going? Howdy. Do you have a do you have a comfy chair? Um, I have a comfy couch. Ooh. Oh. I, yeah. Look at her. She, I don't want to brag. <laughs> brag, but I think I think you just did. Okay. <laughs> I did. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Well, we're also going to feature segments this month with Michelle Biddick-Simmons and Eternal Zan. Um, and it's uh, really cool to talk to them. Obviously, have uh, Michelle missed last month, so she's got some great information from the Drop-By Dragon Con group. And Eternal Zan, as always, has hotel information for us. This Earth Station One special report is sponsored by the ESO Amazon eStore, where you can find all sorts of cool, geeky merchandise. If you're ordering some swag from Amazon, please help us out by going through our link. It doesn't cost you any more, and it really does help us out a lot. If you'd like to leave feedback or a comment on the show, please call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057. And, or you can actually email us at esopodcast at gmail.com. Plus, you can track us down, find us on all the social media outlets. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Find us, talk to us. We love you guys. 
Um, now we're going to, without further ado, we're going to start with some news and notes. I'm still waiting for the Dragon Con website to update that with uh, their section on important dates. So, uh, so I don't know when like memberships change in terms of pricing for memberships. But um, look, if you haven't got your membership now, get your membership now. I mean, it's, it's, if you think you're going, go, because it's only going to get more expensive. Um, so that's the bottom line there. As far as other dates um, you know, regarding um, upcoming staff meetings or volunteer meetings, that kind of thing, you'll just have to keep up with the Dragon Con website as well as um, actually just go to their uh, Facebook group because most of the information that you'll find is there, uh, that you want to find is there, including one date that they do have is the date that's coming up of the next, um, I believe they call it uh, the um, Super Dragon Con Superheroes. And they do events, that local events around the Atlanta area. And the next one is April 29th, and it's the Walk to End Lupus Now. Um, it is in Piedmont Park. Uh, check-in begins at 9 a.m., and the walk actually begins at 11 a.m. So um, you can find out more information about that by going to Dragon Con's website. We're going to have a link to it also on the show notes. So if you want to check it out, you can just click the link and, and see what the details are. Um, also, I want to do a follow-up with the um, news that we talked about, sort of the, the controversy that we talked about regarding the Sheridan uh, last month. Um, the Sheridan has... Ooh, is it is it is it is safe to say that they caved to to demand from uh, from their folks? Um, they sent out a message to everybody who had a reservation for Dragon Con that uh, said, "You spoke, we listened." Uh, they um, they refund. Will uh, they actually said they're going to honor the original rate, in addition to sending everyone a free one night stay certificate. Wow, which can be used anytime wow, except except for Dragon Con. Well, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Um, the that's more than we've that's more than we've ever gotten from Marriott and Hyatt when they screw up something this spectacular. Exactly. Right. Hey, exactly. Well, and there are other cons at the Sheraton too. Yeah, absolutely. There are. Yeah, and there are Sheratons all over the world. I don't think it's just applicable to this Sheraton. I think you can use it for wherever. Um, now, if you've if you've got to stay, if you're staying at the Sheridan, you should have already your process, your refund should have already been processed. They were supposed to be processed by the end of March. So, um, if you're listening to this and you're like, I didn't get a refund, you might want to contact someone there and check and make sure your reservations are still there because they did cancel a lot of people because they didn't they of the whole controversy they 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 canceled some people they didn't pay et cetera et cetera. So. Um, then the certificate, the one night stay certificate should arrive to everybody by April 1st and no, it's not an April fool's joke. So if you don't have the certificate, please contact the Sheridan and say, you know, what's up with that? Um, they, uh, now there is a little disclaimer here, a due to the change in Georgia state law, all attendees are subject to the sales tax increase which will be reconciled upon departure. So even though they're giving everybody a uh, refund and, and uh, you know, we're accused of, quote, altering the deal, uh, I like the fact that in the letter, the explanation people, they actually quoted, have a Star Wars quote there. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but uh, they know their audience, I guess. Um, but... I do think that there is going to be something that they're going to, everybody's going to have to pay at the end 
Um, so they're going to have to account for the uh, the taxes, the the stale the the tax increase. So that will so don't expect to just go in and pay what you're paying now. There will be some amount that will be due uh, at the end of your stay at DragonCon. So you can probably find out what that is if you call contact the Sheridan because they should be able to. Uh, but it's uh, in the right direction, and I guess kudos to the Sheridan for that. Um, now, I did also hear that uh, one of the reasons that the Sheridan um, sent out these corrections and, and did this is because they are trying to save up maybe a little bit of face. Uh, they're trying to sell the hotel. Mm. Um the uh, downtown Sheridan Atlanta Hotel uh, is just has been um, sold for uh, six, $64.2 million. All right. Which one of you bought it? <laughs> now, I, we used it with Monopoly money. Come on. That's all we make here on the station anyway. That's a lot to pay for someone to guarantee that they've got a room for Dragon Con. That that is that's a bit much. <laughs> yeah, uh, it says here actually yes the deal closed March first. But you guys so should see is, the uh, you guys should see the owner suite. It is amazing. So it was purchased by the Arden Group, which also owns the Weston Atlanta Perimeter North. So um, so yeah, so expect some changes. I don't know if they'll affect be effective. You know, by the time DragonCon hits. Whether the Sheridan will now be called the Weston, I don't know, something, right? Um, there'll be two Westons. Yeah, that won't be confusing. <laughs> so um, anyway, so there's uh, rumors that they needed to get all that settled uh, before the sale. So that's why that happened. But whether or not it, whether or not that's true or not, I think it's cool that it was settled. And hopefully everybody who's staying at the Sheridan is, can, is, is, is over that and they can have a great time. Now, uh, speaking of hotel information, the Sheridan and the uh, uh, other, others, um, we've got some news that some of the tracks have officially moved. In fact, uh, the alternate history track is officially moving to the Sheridan. Uh, so um, it's never been in the Sheridan before. Uh, to my knowledge, it's been in the Westin for it was in the Westin for years. And then last year it was at uh, the Apparel Mart uh, due to the fact that they were doing renovations at the Hilton. So um, but now they're moving back. They're moving to the Sheridan. In fact, they are going to be taking over the rooms that were pri- previously um, run by the Brit track. So the Brit track is moving to the Hilton. So the Brit track will be at the Hilton. Um, I believe they are in an area, Mike, you might know this better than I do, but I, I believe they're in an area where um, there was gaming prior to this. Yeah, it's it was downstairs, if I remember correctly. If it's the area I'm thinking, because they used to have the gaming was all downstairs in the Hilton. And they've done major renovations. You wouldn't even recognize probably the Hilton when you get there this year. They've, you know. Yeah, seriously. Re- they've redone yeah, I've a been lot there, of it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know. There's only one way to get in the Trader Vic's now. <laughs> oh, poor Mikey. Yeah. So basically, though, uh, I've, when I hear they've made meeting rooms and such, if it's downstairs, because they had a uh, 
all all down there were you know where all the gaming was so i think they made that into vendor rooms but there was also i know like computer gaming and stuff was up on the second floor and i know that on the second floor right by the elevators and such also was you know the podcast track and a skeptics track and a few others um so maybe brit tracks might be over on that other hall that's up there too so we'll have to wait and see we do know that carol did post about the announcement that Wherever they are in the Hilton, they're gaining, what did you say, 150 new, uh, like a space for 150 more yes. people? So it, that's awesome. Yeah, because even for our panels, there were standing room only. I was going to say, even more people can enjoy the ESW panels now. Exactly, and we already have one scheduled, so hey. Oops, yeah, oops so. I wasn't supposed to say anything yet. Oops, oops, oops. <laughs> okay. Um, as far as I know, that's the only; those are the only official announcements of where uh, tracks are moving. Now we do know that there are no tracks going to uh, scheduled to be in the Apparel Mart, so that leaves two other tracks: uh, the the Star Trek track as well as uh, the Comic Room track or the Comic Book track. Uh, both of those are needing a home, so I'm not sure where they're going to end up. I haven't heard officially uh, where they're going to be, so. Stay tuned for more information about that. And there, there could be some other movement as well, depending on uh, reshuffling how they're, how they're going to make this work. So I would imagine it's this like huge sort of Tetris puzzle, like mm-hmm. trying to fit like all these tra- pa- tracks. Because all the tracks, you know, we've talked to every director. Uh, whenever we talk to anybody there who volunteers, they're all, they're all packed. They're all packed to the gills. Uh, so they all want more room. So um, hopefully some more tracks will be getting more room. So. Um, last but not least, the DragonCon Awards, uh, the nominations for, uh, 2017 are live. So, uh, if you want to participate in the nomination process for, um, best science fiction novel, um, best alternate history novel, best horror novel, best comic book, best graphic novel, uh, best science fiction, fantasy TV series, uh, fantasy TV movie, that kind of thing, um, Feel free to go to the website. Uh, we'll put a link on the show notes as well, so you can just click. And uh, if they're taking, you can write in anything you want. It's not a, it's not a choice. You can just write in whatever you think should be nominated for awards this year. So um, last year they had the first ever Dragon Awards, and uh, I think they went off pretty well. Although I don't have, I haven't talked to a lot of people that went to the ceremonies. Uh, so I don't know exactly how that was, how the presentation was. I do know that the award looks really cool. Have you guys seen the what the award looks like? Not yet. Nope. No. Nope. It's a nope. Um, it's on the website as well. It's on the the dragon site as well, and it, it looks it's it's pretty. It's a, a kind of a, a a sort of flame teardrop thing, sort of like from a dragon. It's got a little dragon in, embedded in it, and it looks pretty cool. So looks like it costs some money. Well, you know, so, uh, hey, it's cool that it you know costs money. Is, overall, yeah. is it something that you know you care about as far as DragonCon? You think, oh, that's cool, or eh, whatever. Eh, whatever. Eh. Yeah, I'm sensing eh. a whatever. Eh. <laughs> Sorry, I was going. I was going to the website to look at the award. Gotcha. It's very cool looking. It's really neat. It's awesome. But, well. 
you know, I, I'm just throwing this out there. If people want to nominate Tiki Zombie for best comic book, I'm not going to be offended at all. So <laughs> you won't I, be. Huh? I, I think it'll be the greatest award in the history of awards. Ever. So, uh, so that would be pretty awesome. Um, do they have a podcast award? Ooh, we should check that. <laughs> yeah, I'm checking it now. Let's see. Oh, they uh, don't. They don't. They need a best podcast uh, category. Oh, can we write that in? So. Mm. Well, it does say best science fiction or fantasy TV series, TV or internet. I think a podcast counts as internet content. So, the nerdist. So you can write Earth Station One. In what that, is this in nerdist that. thing you talk about? I don't know. I I, I speak in tongues sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't go there. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, that's about all the news and notes that I, I've seen online. So not a, a huge amount of news uh, coming through. Uh, obviously, the, the track rooms uh, are, are moving around. So we'll have more information as we get it for you guys, as well as um, guest announcements. I guess that's the next thing. So Mike and Mary, uh, take that away. Okay. Well, as always, this is a list that is compiled of both the guests now and attending professionals. So you'll hear some familiar names from the network and also some just really cool people are going to be this year. So Mary, I'm going to let ladies go first and we'll start at the bottom of the list. All righty. Dr. Scott Begay is an archaeologist, novelist, actor, and consultant for the National Academy's Science and Entertainment Exchange. He created Dr. Geek's Laboratory, a STEM outreach web series, Exploring concepts from science fiction and relating them to scientific fiction and Dr. Geek Science. Congratulations, Dr. Scott, for coming back. Absolutely. Yay. Yay. Uh, Lena Heber is an award-winning national best-selling author of gothic gaslamp fantasy novels for tour books such as Strangely Beautiful Saga, The Eternal Files, and Magic Most Foul series. Heber is an actress, playwright, ghost tour guide, and proud goth and also loves working in television in New York City. New York City. Sorry. <laughs> Director Mike Faber (laughs) is the founder and chief creative officer of the highly geeky and ever-expanding ESO Podcast Network. Mike also hosts the Earth Station One and Earth Station Who podcasts. He's the webmaster for ESOPodcast.com, which celebrates all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much. Of course, and, you know... Thank Congratulations, you. sir. Thank you, DragonCon, for inviting me back. I feel so honored. And that's not even tongue-in-cheek. I'm really serious about it this time. Uh, Nick. <laughs> let's see. This Nick, time. Not like other years. No, no. The last times it was like, wow, cool. But this time it's just, it's awesome. Nicholas, I'm going to kill this last name. Drink up, folks. Effin Mattis is an author and lecturer. He spent 34 years in the U.S. defense and diplomatic positions with postings in Europe and Asia. Ephematis authored books and numbers of scholarly articles on national security, technology and society, and outer space-related issues. Timothy Zahn is the author of 10 Star Wars books in the Cobra, Quadrail, and the Dragonback series. His uh, recent books include Starcraft Evolution and A Call to Arms, the second of the Manticore Ascendant series with David Weber. Upcoming books include Star Wars Thrawn and Civil's War Chronicles 1 Pawn. 
I am looking forward to Thrawn. That should be an excellent book. And I'm going to get that and hopefully meet him and have him sign it. Cool. Thomas Saylor is the creator, writer, and artist of the superhero romantic comedy Love and Capes and an animation writer. He has written and drawn IDW's My Little Pony as well as the creator-owned work The Long Distance and Time and Vine. Uh, Jane Yolen, 2017 Literary Guest of Honor. Jane Yolen is an author of children's books, fantasy, and science fiction, including Owl Moon, The Devil's Arithmetic, and How Do Dinosaurs Say Goodnight? Oh, I used to read that to William. Okay. Uh, Jenny Wirtz published the author of 18 novels, a short story collection, and 32 short stories. Also a Chelsea award-winning illustrator. She also paints her own book covers and has a painting in the collection of the Delaware Art Museum. That's awesome. Samantha Summersby left what she used to call her real-life day job to write full-time in 2007. She's the author of a dozen book works, including the critically acclaimed paranormal romance series Forbidden. She also writes the Fallen Siren series as S.J. Harper in collaboration with G.N.C. Stein. Awesome. Robert uh, J. Sawyer has won the Hugo Nubia and the John W. Campbell Memorial Award, all for Best Science Fiction Novel of the Year. The ABC TV series Flash Forward was based on the Aurora Award-winning novel of the same name, and he is one of the writers for that program. Van Allen Plexico is a multi-award-winning, best-selling author of 15 novels and many more nonfiction books, short stories, and audiobooks from a variety of publishers. He won the 2015 Pulp Factory Awards in both the novel and anthology categories and is best known for his Sentinel superhero series. And the wonderful White Racket podcast here on the ESO Network. Yay, Van! Yay, Van! (laughs) Elizabeth Moon has published 27 novels, including the Nubla Award-winning The Speed of Dark, over 50 short fiction pieces in anthologies and magazines, and four short fiction collections. Her most recent novel is Cold Welcome. It's by Del Rey, published in April 2017. So it's coming out now, folks. Bain Books executive editor James Minns has worked in genre publishing for more than two decades, first at Tor for more than a decade, then briefly at Del Rey, until finally on the centennial of Robert A. Heinlein's birth, landing at Bain Books. Jonathan Mayberry is a New York Times bestselling author, five times Bram Stoker Award winner, and comic book writer. His novel Mars One and Joe Ledger are in development for film. His board game V Wars is now available. Mm. Sherilyn Lambeth is a costume prop puppet builder whose work includes the films A Muppet Christmas Carol and The Hunger Games. TV shows Dinosaurs, Homeland, and Outcast, live properties such as Avenue Q and Star Trek The Experience, and the books Dressed Puppet, Creating the Character Costume, Tools, Tips, and talks with top costumers and cosplayers. Uh, Robert Ramirez art can be seen in sets from tops and upper deck. Most notably the eight paintings he created for the upper decks, Firefly, the verse stage wise, number nine. He also did the cover for Tiki zombie. Number three. I'm very happy to have uh, Robert Jimenez join us at dragon con. This will be his first time. Oh really? That's awesome. Um, James Burns is a television graphic designer, comic book creator, and illustrator who lives in Athens, Georgia. Yep. 
Gabo is the artist for The Life After, written by Joshua Haley Fikov by Omnipress. He is a Russ Manning Promising Newcomer Award nominee, as well as the Eisner and Harvey Award-winning colorist. When Abby moved to Florida in 1997, which she says is nice, but misses but she misses snow. She has been called the godmother of shared universes for her part in creating Thieves World. She, CJ Cherry, and Jane Jane Fanchers run Closed Circle, an internet publishing house. Rob Levy is the writer of Dr. Hooligan's blog, arts and culture writer of Live Magazine, music and pop culture writer for several publications, blogger and podcaster for needcoffee.com, and occasional contributor to the ESO podcast. He is also the host of Juxtaposition on KDX Radio. Gil Gerard is best known to sci-fi audience. This is Captain William Rogers in the sci-fi TV series Buck Rogers and the 25th Century. His other roles include several movie and TV series appearances. Laurie S. Sutton is the author of an ongoing series of novels for young readers featuring Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, and Green Lantern. Her other works include writing Star Trek comics for Marvel, DC, and Malibu comics. She is a former editor for Marvel and DC. Ken Spivey is a musician, entertainer, songwriter, and author who is best known for his MTV and NPR Doctor Who themed band, the Ken Spivey Band, plus avant-garde music multi-city one-day Doctor Who convention called Time Lord Fest. In addition, Ken is an expert in gender theory. R. Allen Seiler is the author of Doctor Who's Greatest Hits, a guide to the best stories from the time and space, and Star Trek's Greatest Hits, a guide to the best stories from the final frontier. He had essays published in collections about Doctor Who, Star Trek, and David Bowie. Congratulations, Alan. For going yes, down. absolutely. James Nethery is a professional steampunk artist who appeared on the TV series Steampunk on GSN. Melinda R. Mock is the co-founder of Retroblasting, a video channel that analyzes and deconstructs cartoons and toys of the 80s. Kelly Lockhart. Robot Battles founder Kelly Lockhart has been entertaining crowds for nearly 30 years now, overseeing the popular sport of mechanical mayhem. He is also a science fiction editor. Check out his latest anthology, edited with John Ringo, Black Tide Rising, a collection of zombie apocalypse stories. Michael D. French is the co-founder of Retroblasting, a video channel that analyzes and deconstructs cartoons and toys from the 80s. That sounds familiar. Wow. Deja vu. Wow. <laughs> Weird. Do you want to read the next one? Or you want me to keep going? You go, keep going. You're doing good. Okay. Ken Feinberg is known as the Chaos Demon from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, as well as the Alien Captain from Star Trek Enterprise, as well as an award-winning producer, director, and writer, having worked on over 100 projects. Mike Cole is the star of CBS's TV hit show Haunted, author of the military fantasy Shadow Ops series, from Ace Row and the Sacred Throne series from Tor.com, author of the military history Legion versus Fansark from Os- Osprey. Denver based author David Boops, She Murdered Me with Science, re released in 2017. His tie ins include Predator, Green Hornet, and Veronica Mars, headed straight out of Tombstone for Bane. David's work on Savage Worlds, Ripper's Resurrected, Deadlands, Noir, and Flash Gordon. 
Cool. Uh, Evan Bernstein is the co-founder of the award-winning podcast, The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. He has given live presentations around the world on topics including the direct harms of pseudoscience, woo in the martial arts, and the truth behind paranormal investigations. Stephen Elliot Altman uh, is a best-selling sci-fi author, Deprivers, Zen and the Art of Slaying Vampires, The Kill Switch Review, Batman, and Fear Itself, screenwriter, writer, graphic novelist, The Irregulars, a video game writer, director and designer, Nine Dragons, Pearl's Peril, and Ancient Aliens. And that is the list for this month, folks. Yeah, there's quite a few announcements. Oh yeah, uh, they were a lot of familiar names. Exactly, a lot of n- people from the network that we friends very, of the show. very proud. Yeah, very, very proud of all the, our our friends and and ESO personnel that are 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 part of Dragon Con. It makes it even more special for us. It is awesome, and you know, like I said, you know, I'm thrilled to be coming back to Dragon Con, and Mike will be there, and Darren will be there, and Mary will be there, and of course Nikki is hoping to be there, but. She might be traveling the world. Is this the end of Wizard of Oz? I know. I was just thinking that. Like, and you were there. And you were there. And you were well, there. We, and you were there. We we might be dressed up like Oz characters. So it may be it may be applicable. You know, actually, Oz and Dragon Con probably do have a lot in common. Mm. It really <laughs> does feel like a Technicolor as opposed to the humdrum black and white world we live in. But very cool. Thanks, you two, for the uh, reading of the guests. I know that's not easy on the tongue. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, okay, so let's uh, dive into our main topic. Uh, our main topic this month is how to party at Dragon Con, uh, Beginner's Guide to DC After Hours. Um, the reason why I was kind of thinking about this, because um, we've talked a lot about, you know, do's and don'ts, and and that's all well and good uh, as far as being safe at Dragon Con, and that's part of this too. But really, um, I, I was listening to another podcast, I know, Shudder, right? And they were talking about... I'm not surprised, the, Mike, you never listen to ours. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Uh, I, I hear it when I'm as it's coming out of my mouth, so I don't, <laughs> I don't need to re-listen to it. Um, but... Um, uh, no, I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about Dragon Con, and they said that the nighttime atmosphere and the night, the nightlife at Dragon Con is, they called it uh, essential, the backbone of of Dragon Con. They, they said you could take away the panels, you could take away the the celebrity guests, and you would still have Dragon Con because of just the the nightlife. Um, now I don't know if I I would agree completely with that, but I do believe that the the party scene, the fact that you know Dragon Con is frequently referred to as nerdy gras, um, that there is something to be said that yes, it is unlike a lot of other conventions where held in a convention hall, everybody leaves at a certain time and then does their own thing. Whereas Dragon Con is is really almost a 24-hour, four-day experience, right? Five-day, six-day, whatever, how many ever days it is now. Um, and it used to be, um, uh, back, in the, <laughs> back in the old days of Dragon Con, I can remember going to the, the, the Hilton and the Hyatt and, and walking around, and there would be flyers all over the place of, of room parties. You know, come to this room for this party, uh, the the Klingons are having a party in this room. The Klingon parties used to be 
um, if I remember correctly, they used to be epic in scope. You would hear about them for years later. Um, uh, I actually have attended a a, a Klingon room party, um, and it was not it was not what I was thinking it was going to be. But um, uh, but it was uh, but but it used to be like these huge room parties. And so I know that DragonCon puts on a lot of events itself. Like all the tracks have after hours programming nighttime programming there's a lot of dancing uh in the main halls and in other places too a lot of dance events a lot of music events um but that is there is there still a wave of unofficial party is there a huge unofficial party scene at dragon con as well and, and <laughs> who, you know i'm who looking, are you addressing I, that you, to? <laughs> you know i'm looking right at you darren <laughs> <laughs> no other person to turn to for that one. Uh, I think there are a few partiers on this list of, of guests today. Thank you. Um, a, a while back, and I mean a while back, um, there used to be all these mad room parties. And I think there are still a few parties that you can find in some of the suites. Um, all up and down. Like, if, if you go into the Hyatt late at night, the Hyatt has a disadvantage if you're holding a party because you can see people hanging out outside of a room. That's your clue as to where the party is because people are leaving the room to get some air and, and get out of the hot, usually room. But getting into these parties now is a little more difficult because uh, hotel security um, has been instructed by their hotels to clamp down on this type of activity because there are other guests in the hotel and they would like to get some sleep at night. Good luck. Um, I was at a hotel party that was at 12.05 hotel security showed up and broke it up completely. Wow. On told everyone to get out. Um, I've also been to parties where, um, where now it is people will card people at the door and you're like, you don't need to card me. Yes, they do. Because the hotel will basically tell the cops it's that person's fault that they served a minor. So there's a liability issue about letting just anyone into your room and drink. To, to, to get a, a get a drink and have a good time. And that's a huge liability issue. I know that I've seen people turned away. I turned away people when I worked a door at a hotel room party because like, oh, we don't have our IDs on us. That's okay, right? I'm like, no, it's not. Go get your ID. If you don't have your ID on you, I don't care if you're wearing Slave Leia. Um, have someone carry your ID. We've said that before on the show. If you're in a cosplay that's a little clothing, you know, deficient, have someone bring your ID with you so that you can get a drink and have a good time still. Um, not having your ID is, is a red flag for anyone who's having a hotel room party. Beyond that, most of them are invite-only these days. And a, a strict guest list of friends and people you know, and most of them are who you know and people on Facebook inviting people ahead of time. And that's why you don't see the flyers anymore. One that you know, it's trashy and, and the environment and Dragon Con basically picks them up and throws them in the trash, I think, um, because you didn't pay the con to put them out. But now that there are other ways to communicate to people, hey, we're having a party Saturday night in the Hyatt room, blah, 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 blah. It's so much easier than it used to be to communicate that information. So you don't see the flyers and you don't see that, but you've got to be involved in some of the boards online to get that invite. So you can't just go to Dragon Con and expect to be invited to all these room parties that being said dragon con has done a great job to kind of fill up that hole with dance parties and concerts all through the night so 
I, I think the con has done what they could to mitigate the hotels cracking down on the hotel room parties, which used to be a huge deal. And I've been to cons where you you hardly went to a panel. The hotel room parties was where all the action was. And the guests would show up and have a great time. It was it was awesome. But now with everyone being so litigious, it's more difficult to take that burden on yourself. So you've got to be very careful about who you're letting in. I've seen some actually hire security guards for their room. Really? That yeah. Wow. Yeah. So because you, you need to make sure that you're not serving underage or else you can, you can go to jail for that period. So, you know, you don't have a liquor license, you can't charge, but you're still required to obey the law. And if you provide alcohol to a minor, you have broken the law. Um, it sounds like a little thing, but when you have hotel security busting in on you at any moment, it's not a little thing at all. It becomes a huge thing suddenly. You can get banned from the hotel, and you can probably be banned from the con. I'm not sure. I know the hotels will ban you for that. So it's it's a pretty serious consideration. You can have a dry party, sure, with sodas, but no one will come to your party. Um, <laughs> it's true. Um, you, you, the friends of Bill W. have their own thing, and they do their own thing. And if you're in recovery for um, alcohol or substance addiction, I, I implore you to seek that panel and that group out because dragon con is a heavy alcohol environment after five six seven p.m and of course if you're going to a room party you should know the people who are throwing the party or know of them know something of them you want to you want to know who you're dealing with really the the days of just wandering into someone's room and asking for a drink yeah, you know, you you could. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. I was going to say that seems that seems pretty dangerous. You me. know, so I. I well, room parties are great. Room parties are great with people you know. And, of course, go to the con, meet people. You know, if you think that they're great people to hang out with and, and they invite you to a party and your spidey sense isn't tingling, sure, but go with friends. Go with people who are watching you and, and getting, you know, the vibe of what's going on in the room. You don't want to be anywhere alone with people you have not met before or have not spent a significant amount of time with and felt comfortable with. That's just a rule because you don't know who at that party is going to slip something in a drink for kicks or for more nefarious motives. So I, I would say if you're new to Dragon Con and you want to dip your toes in the party scene, stick to the official con parties where you can go and be downstairs with all your friends. And you can kind of meet people organically without being trapped in a hotel room and you can go to the bar, get a drink. There's plenty of water around. There's bathrooms nearby. You can escape if you need to from a bad situation. As opposed to a hotel room where you might be waiting on an elevator or trying to walk down the stairs drunk as all get out, which is just a tragedy waiting to happen. With the with the official parties, is are they pretty? Um, I mean, do they do they allow alcohol at most of those? Well, some of them do, but they will card. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense because they're in the hotels. They're in the official hotels, right? And they have, yeah, and they have bartenders inside who are pouring. God bless the wait staff at these parties because usually it's one person taking money for tickets and then two bartenders if you're lucky and a line of people waiting to get a drink. So just be patient with those folks. The wide open, like the Marriott Raves that are open from three to seven, usually. There's no bar open that late. I think the Pulse Bar has been open for a little bit during the raves, but then they close down. So they've got to clean and get ready for tomorrow. Um, they do have a busy day, and they've got to refresh everything and restock and all that jazz. Um, I've seen people bring 
flasks with them and such. That would never happen at Dragon Con, right? Um, <laughs> but there's tons of water. It's just part of my costume. It is part of my costume. You better believe it. Um, it is not a. It's not a thing where you're going to see an active bartender at. So if you're expecting to drink at the at the Friday, Saturday night, Sunday night raves, bring your own. And be prepared to drink a lot of water. You're going to need it if you're dancing. You're going to be sweating all that out. and You're going to dehydrate and you're going to fall over. I would also say, and we've talked about this before, um, knowing your limits is vastly important. Is your television and, listening to you? And you should never, ever learn your limits at Dragon Con. You should find out what those are before you go to Dragon. Yes, yeah. Especially oh, with yeah. regards to drinking. Um, because you might need to get to a bathroom fairly quickly and you're disoriented. You don't know where the bathroom is and oops, there goes the plant. We've, we've all seen that because we were there when it happened. Um, the poor girl who walked five steps away from us and yeah, we, we yeah, plant. Yeah. yeah ugh, it was horrible. Um, <laughs> and we, and, and, and we were going to record there, <laughs> yeah, but not anymore. Uh, it, it seems like, it seems like the, biggest party at dragon con if i may say it seems like the biggest party is the pulse bar at the marriott oh that's that's a more of a gathering place i think than a than a party right okay well, I see, but i mean that's it's got that party atmosphere oh um, yeah it's, it's got it's, a it feels like well, a bar. Yeah. yeah absolutely it's just a huge like i think as far as all the hotels go i think that seems to be the biggest gathering area of any of them am i correct there I would think so. I mean, the Hyatt bar is too crowd, too closed in, and the Pulse right. has more room. It, gotcha. least it seems that way. Well, I mean, the Hyatt's also got all the furniture in place, and they clear out the furniture when we show up, so that helps, right? So they have a lot more room in the Marriott for that. I'm not sure what the Hilton bar is going to look like because they're redoing everything in the Hilton. Yeah, that the Hilton bar used to. It seemed like whenever I went over to the Hilton area um, where the bar is and everything, it looks like they always had like karaoke or music going on. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so that would be the place for that. Now, again, like you said, I don't know uh, if um, what that's going to look like. I do know that Trader Fix is not going anywhere. Um, so, uh, but Trader Fix is o- only open so far, but they usually have um, something I, going I would, on yeah. as well. I would say the bar at Trader Vic's is fine during Dragon Con, but don't eat. Don't eat. There. Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend eating there either. Not during Dragon Con. Not during um, Dragon. And even even the drinks. Um, they're going to be watered down. They're, they're they are. They be, because they take. They know they're known for the the mai tai, so they they just have gallons of it ready, and they mm-hmm. just pour from these gallons. They don't make them fresh. Uh, they don't. They can't. And you know, no, I mean, there's they, only like two or three bartenders. Uh, there and they just you know people just you know the line is crazy so that so yeah it's not um it's not the greatest the greatest experience you can have at a trader vix but you know it is it is what it is uh-huh. <laughs> it is what it is You're and now it's right, going to be sir. now it's a little tougher uh, tougher to get there because they uh the stairwell to get there is gone now so now so you can only the get outside there outside and the, it's uh... just the outside and the elevator that you got to wait days for so um, and I would just use, I said, that's why I said there's really only one way in or out and that's outside. Now I don't know how accessible outside is. Uh, I think it's accessible as long as the, as Trader Vicks is open, but I'm not sure about mm-hmm. that. Um, but okay. So, um, what about like, I don't know anything about the, the, the gathering bar scene at the Westin 
or the Sheridan. Now, I did hear, I've heard from several writers that the Weston Bar is really good meetup place for writers. Uh, that's all I know about the Weston Bar. That that may be. I'm usually in the Weston for things like the Avengers Ball, and and the big room parties where they have a bartender and they're like the other Dragon Con parties. So uh, I've Honestly, never been to like, the Weston yeah, Bar. I that hotel. What's that, Mary? I'm sorry. Um, no idea. I don't go to that hotel. Yeah, <laughs> at all. To go outside. Yeah, I don't know much about the Weston either. Um. So yeah, well, um, since since you spoke up, Mary, what is what has been your experience over the years uh, with after hours, the after hours scene? Uh, it's why I go to Dragon Con. <laughs> 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 I mean, like it. I like to party, so that's you know what I'm there now, for. Are we talking days. about are we talking about official parties, unofficial parties? Um, uh, like, what do you, what, how do you, how do you define that? Um, I don't really go to any of the official parties. I've been to a few of them and I've always had more fun just going out and finding stuff to do on my own. Um, I mean, I guess there are probably some exceptions and I don't want to like knock that kind of event because I think there's definitely a place for it, but it's just not really like my jam because a lot of them you have to wait in line to get in and that's like time you could be going and doing something fun. And then once you get in, like a lot of times they're just packed full of people and you can't move around and then people are trying to buy drinks. It's like huge lines. And I don't know, it's just, I just never really been like a super positive experience and maybe I'm just not going the right ones. Like I'm certainly willing to um, say that's possibility, um, but I'd rather just go hang out in the pulse. That's usually what we do. And then like, if any of our friends are having a party, like we'll go to that. Or, I mean, I just make my own fun to be honest. Like I always bring my own alcohol. I don't ever buy a drink at a bar ever because they're all watered down. They're way too expensive and you have to wait in line for a half an hour. Like in a half an hour, I could have gone up to my room and gotten three drinks for free. So... <laughs> Like, Depends on what hotel you're staying at. I mean, at a girl though, at a girl. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You could, you could still be I'm waiting a... for an elevator at the Marriott. But, but now, Nikki, to be fair, I believe Mary Lou has the the wine's ear. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Bra, I was so... just about to say, I fully and wholeheartedly recommend bringing your own alcohol. And if you need a lot of alcohol, I fully recommend getting the wine bra. It's actually called the wine rack. It's available on Amazon for about $15. And it's a bra that you put a full uh, bottle of wine in. And you drink it like a camelback with a straw. <laughs> so that's what I'll do sometimes when I know I'm going to be out of my hotel room for an extended period of time in days ending in Y. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, like if I know I'm going to like go to a panel or go to a party or like, I know I'm going somewhere where like, I'm not going to be able to go back to my hotel room for a few hours. Like then that's a good option. Or if you just want your boobs to look enormous, that's also a good option. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, as far as boobs like, go, that's but they I decrease think. as the evening goes on. They do. That's true. Um, 
My biggest for many people there is to bring your own alcohol. Like, but if everybody else is drinking, nobody's going to notice. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is why they haven't invented a guy's version of that. Because well, you know, <laughs> guys would be filling it up. A, a camelback is a decent idea too. Like, and that's just normal. You know, if you're not cosplaying, a camelback is easy. So stuff like that. Like, I we make our own fun. And we've been going long enough that, like, we know. You know, you figure out what you like and what you don't like. But my biggest recommendation, just when you're new, is to try out a bunch of different things. Like. Like Darren said, you have to be smart and you have to be careful. Like, don't do anything that you wouldn't do, like, downtown on a Saturday night. Like, don't go home with a random person. Like, don't wander into someone's room or into a dark hallway or an empty stairwell by yourself. But if you're want smart to, and you stick with the group, like, you know, you want can have to go to Diagon Alley, not diagonally, okay? <laughs> Exactly. You don't want that to happen to you. <laughs> but there... that's like that's like what I have fun with is just wandering around, meeting people, talking to people. Like I have to say, at Dragon Con, I will take free strangers, and like that's not normally something I condone. But when I'm at Dragon Con, I'm with like a big group of people, and I'm out like in a crowded like hotel lobby, like. You know, if they're out there roofing me, they're out there roofing everyone. So, mm -hmm. like, there's going to be a bigger problem. There will be a bigger problem. Um, You're right. <laughs> and there, what? there, I feel okay about it, but I wouldn't do that at, at a room party. No, no, because mm -mm. you're already um, next to a bed. I mean, that's how right. Sweeney at least if you're out like in a on a crowded hotel with people that you know, like you know who will know your behavior when something's wrong. Right. You know. Yeah. True. And you need to have a conversation with your friends. And I know it's a it's a downer, but you need to say, hey, if I start doing this, I need water. Or if you're diabetic, if you if I need if I start <laughs> shaking, get me sugar now or whatever it is. You need to yeah, have that Darren's totally right friends. about learning your limits ahead of time. Like know know the feeling of I need to go to bed right now. Know the feeling of like mm, I should probably have a bite to eat before I get like before I start to get sick. Like learn your body. I'm not kidding. I train. I yeah. like alcohol train like the month before Dragon Con. Dragon to Con. Get my body ready. It's a marathon, not, not a sprint. <laughs> it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> People don't believe us until they go, <laughs> and then they're like, How "Don't do the hard way." You remember last year when Saturday night was quiet? Relatively yeah, everyone got so messed up on Friday. Yeah, here's what happened. Wednesday, the partying started on Wednesday night really hard. Thursday night really hard. Con starts Friday, people. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like Saturday night, where's the party? Oh, yeah. Been there, done it. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, y'all are wrecked. Are there, um, uh, are there parties that you know of and now annually that you make it a point to definitely hit? Um, are there... Are there established parties, whether they're unofficial or official, that you're like, this is this is the the like one of the things I need to go to every year? Well, I try to hit the Spectrum party every year because that's the LGBTQ plus community meetup, basically. Um, awesome. I, I don't know if it's on the schedule yet or not. Hopefully, it is. Um, that's usually where all the uh, um, other sex sexualities meet. There are other boards if you have an alternative. Uh, view of sex and gender and that kind of stuff that you can go out there online and find other meetups and places to meet with those folks. I encourage 
anyone in our communities to go out there and seek that message me on Facebook and I'll be happy to try to connect people with whoever I can um, to get you to um, your tribe as much as possible. Uh, I, I think for the most part, I try to hit the raves because the DJs are typically great. And I always try to, to at least duck into a Crux Shadows show for about 20 minutes or so um, because they're an institution and it's kind of a tradition for me to see them for a little bit. I would say the same thing about um, Emerald Rose, but they're no longer coming to DragonCon, I take it. So I'll miss them greatly. So um, mostly... Did, did it's something just, happen with them? I thought they broke up. Just oh, I don't know. I, yeah, I yeah know. they they disbanded. Yeah. And uh, uh, last year evening at Bree was their last show at DragonCon. Yeah, so gotcha. so they are they are no longer coming to DragonCon, at least as Emerald Rose. You know, so... Um, hopefully some of them will show up. That'd be nice to, nice to see them at a drum circle somewhere. But um, nothing that I absolutely positively have to have to have to hit every year because Dragon Con is like this amoeba that swallows you and then spits you out on Monday. And you just kind of go with the flow of it. At least I do. Um, now, as you mentioned, there are now parties as early, I've heard, as, uh, gatherings, parties as early as Monday prior to the huh. event. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. Walk around Wednesday or Monday in costume, going, "Where's everybody at?" It's like you're early. Now is it? Early. Um, uh, I'm trying to blank now. But what's the? Um, there is a a party that I think I don't know how long it's been going on, but it's the one of the um, uh, the the dress up party, which is not a costume party. You mean the aquarium party? No, the uh, it's it's at one of the hotels. The ABC like, party. Yes, the ABC. Oh party. well, that's I I I don't go to that party. Um, what? But what is it like? It, it, ABC stands for anything but clothing, and you have to show up at this party wearing anything but an item that is typically bought off the rack as clothing. Right. You've seen people wear anything from stuffed animals over their parts to duct tape to i think last year was a suit of the gray uh paint swatches he went as 50 shades of gray get it haha uh, um, uh, uh. cardboard boxes i think are popular cardboard boxes are very popular <laughs> yeah. i have i have seen pizza boxes <laughs> pizza boxes right little christmas presents everywhere yeah that's been done um i think that requires some creative costuming and a lot of guts that, that's that's all I'll say about that. And hats off to you, folks. Hats off to you. <laughs> and that's usually, I believe that's because I think I've usually seen that on Thursday night. I don't know if it's moved or where it's at, but I, I I've heard that it's on Thursday night. So. I, I think I think you're right. And I, and I don't go to that party not because I'm shy, because God knows I'm not. <laughs> um, but I, I don't go to it because I think it's more of a hetero event. And sometimes guys react badly to a gay person in their midst when they're naked. I don't know why that is. Sometimes they do. That's just stupid. So, well, it is, but it's also, you know, as someone... I understand, that, I understand it, why you... have to know where not to go. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, all it takes is someone to have the wrong amount of tequila and take something you say the wrong way for your night to go from happy to really bad. So it's it's important to kind of know where your people are. Now, I've not been, so I don't know if it's very friendly or not i'm just assuming there will be a straight guy there who will eventually have words to say or worse so i don't go to it besides as a gay man i can go see gay men naked elsewhere easier (laughs) Mm -hmm. without having to make a costume 
<laughs> out of, you know, cereal boxes. So, oh, lucky, lucky charms. Yay. Um, so, uh, so we you be prepared to see some really interesting costumes that night in hotels that you're going to go, oh, my God, they're not wearing anything, but they are. So if you have kids, 7 p.m., get them out of the hotels, kids. Get them out of yeah. the hotels. Yeah, yeah it, it really is a different environment. Um, I, and I also, um, yeah, because I understand that, you know, like I said, when uh, in the early days of Dragon Con, um, it was, like I said, the Klingon party was the one that I always heard about the most of. And uh, I don't, I don't even think that exists anymore. Um, certainly since the uh, Star Trek track changed hands, um, I don't think they do anything like that. Now, I understand also that the partying um, and gatherings, uh, the parties are not just for the attendees or not just in the track rooms, but the guests, a lot of celebrity guests like to uh, take part in the parties as well. I remember reading an interview with... Uh, Aaron Douglas um, about how he sometimes like a couple times he's gone to Dragon Con just to go, not as a guest, just to go as a fan. And uh, all he did was he and his buddies um, like took over, like they reserved an entire floor of one of the hotels and they just, they just had a great time. Um, I don't, I think that's obviously, you know, excessive, but um uh, that uh, I don't know how many, but I've often, you know, you'll hear stories of, you know, room parties or, or parties as well. And people meeting, you know, various celebrities at these things. Oh yeah, that happens. Sure. And that's really cool. I mean, that's really, I think that's a, a great thing about Dragon Con. Uh, we've always said before that the celebrities are often found wandering around looking in, at the costumes, taking pictures, being, uh, being as excited as anybody else, uh, that of what's going on at Dragon Con. At our uh, Middle Earth dance party, you will find a lot of the the token track guests will show up for that, and and yeah, they'll be out there on the dance floor dancing with everybody, just you know, like a regular fan, and it's a lot of fun to see them doing that. Yeah, that's that's got to be, I mean, really cool for them on in one hand, but also I would imagine like, man, it must be. I mean, obviously, it depends on the level of quote unquote celebrity because. You know, I mean, some some celebrities would probably be accosted, uh, you know, um, in that in some of those environments, I would think. Oh, well, yeah. It, yeah. It depends upon who it is and it depends upon how chill the Dragon Con attendees are. And there usually are. But most of them that are going to be very, very popular are going to wear some kind of full face mask costume so they can get around without being called out. So. Right. I've even seen, uh, I think one, uh, a couple times I've seen gatherings of some of the celebrity guests. Um, there's that area above the pulse bar that they've kind of almost comedy. Uh, the loft. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The loft area seems to be a place where they like a haven for them to, to well, hang, usually hang out. That's the superhero, uh, the superhero, uh, forum club is up there. Oh yeah. Most of the time. So it's a lot of cosplayers up there who know each other. And the gotcha. underwear party was up yeah, there, I think. The underwear last party. Year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, I, I what accidentally that? wandered into that. Where you just you wear just underwear. You wear your superhero <laughs> underwear. Of course. Yeah. Why? Oh, and you're like underoos. Yeah, like underoos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it's usually very drunk. crowded Woo-hoo! and very sweaty. <laughs> yeah, very crowded, very sweaty, and it's it's about even ma- male to female. Too, yeah, definitely. So, you know, it's not a male only guy, panty raid scenario. You know, so 
That that's that's one event that I I actually enjoy watching. <laughs> and I will say, if you're there and you're not, you know, participating in the, I'm only wearing my undergarments. Nobody's going to make you feel weird or bad about it. No, like I no. I was up there. Like I said, I accidentally ended up attending that party one year because I was uh, in the wrong place. Um, I misunderstood <laughs> where I was supposed to meet my friends. <laughs> um, but everybody there was very cool. Would you believe uh, I made a me wrong turn? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It sounds like a story, right? Mm. I ended up being surrounded by hot guys in their See? underwear. Darn. See? Diagonally is not the same. Yes, yeah, diagonally. diagonally. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I, I ended up at Borgen and Burks. <laughs> is that what you're calling it? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Quote unquote. <laughs> but everybody there was very, very cool to me, and nobody made me feel weird that I was clothed. <laughs> well, I mean, it really, they can't because they're, they're in the middle of a hotel lobby. Most of the people are clothed. Yeah, yeah mean, true. Eh, get over it. It's Dragon Con. Let loose and have some fun, you know? Yeah. One well, thing we did mention is is if all these parties are late at night, usually starting, you know, 7, 8, 9 p.m. and on into the morning, wee, wee morning hours, like 5 a.m. even, make sure if you're walking from hotel to hotel, you're with a group. Oh, big time. Yes. So remember that in your drunken haze. And when possible, I would recommend the habit trails. Yeah, if you have access to the habit trails, use those. Yeah, because um, I mean, you can get through to at least four of the hotels through the habit trails. Yeah, it's the Sheraton that's kind of the odd duck there, and you kind of got to. And go even there. yeah, even the Westin is tricky, but yeah. um, yeah, but yeah, Weston you're right. Usually has enough um traffic on the on the road on Peachtree there to get to the Hyatt. Yeah, um, without too much trouble, and then from the Hyatt, you can use the Habit Trails to get anywhere you need to, as long as it's not the Sheraton. The Sheraton to the Westin and the Sheraton to the Hilton, like after two. It's like no man's land. It is like no man's land, and you are walking through some some dark streets. So oh, big walk time. With walk with a group. Yeah. yeah, and the Westin over to the Ritz um, can be a little sketchy too, because I I did that. Last year, mm-hmm. and I texted my friend. I was like, "Okay, I'm leaving now." And I, I texted them when I got back to my room um, to let them know that idea. I had made it, even though it wasn't that far. Yeah, definitely let people know exactly because there are a couple clubs there because mm-hmm. along that path, and people are getting out at the same time or just hanging out on the street. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and at the time. Um, I had been photographing all day and I had my camera with me and I was like, okay, I can use this as a weapon if I need to, because <laughs> it's, it's a pretty big camera. Um, but yeah, definitely. That's another good thing to keep in mind, uh, is let people know, text the people that you were with previously, text them and let them know, Hey, I've made it back to my room mm-hmm. or else they're, they're going to be sitting up. Waiting, or you know, unless they've or passed out. But either way, yeah, right. But either way, try to try to keep those uh, lines of communication open, letting people know, hey, I'm I'm going to this place now. If you don't hear from me, please start looking for me. And that's another thing. If you're staying at the Ritz Carlton, they do close the door at 10 p.m. Yeah, right. and you have to walk around. Exactly, you have yep. to walk around to the carport to get in. Oh, oh wow! Fun. Yeah, that's wow. Okay. 
So yeah, yeah, you just have to be aware of that also in case somebody's following you for some reason. You know, mm. you're going to have to walk that extra, you know, 50, 60 feet around a corner down a side street. You're not on. Well, that's street. always good. That's always a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. 30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first time I did that, I was a little anxious, but luckily nothing happened. And they usually have um, people waiting there by the doors if they see people coming in you know they want to make sure are you staying here if not you should probably leave yeah um, totally. <laughs> but you do have that that little time span where yeah you're basically down a dark alley yeah well over there by the reds <laughs> exactly so yeah just be careful and be aware of your surroundings because the marta station is right across the street right there at the ritz mm-hmm. and so you have people coming off maybe not that light but you still do have people coming off and outside of the station. And, you know, it is a big city, folks. Just remember that. Yeah. And and remember, if you're taking Marta to and from the, the con, Marta doesn't run all night. Nope. And you need at least, you know, I mean, 30 minutes you could run and maybe make it. I, I'd say you need an hour to get to the train if you're going to go down to five points and catch an east-west train. If you're just going north or southbound, yeah, an hour anyway. Oh, big time. You will, you will need more time than you think. Yes, yeah. totally. You'll need more time than you think. Don't, don't leave it till the last minute. Don't no. crack. That's no, so no. true in life. Well, no. especially if you're like taking the north-south train up to like North Springs. Because yeah, that's a you, ha- right you, ha- there. you have to take the train up to Lindbergh and then transfer to another train after a certain time. Mm-hmm. And so you guys, you know, if you're planning on catching one of the last trains out, you might be screwed right there. Yep. But, that's but, an expensive Uber. Kids. Yeah, exactly. For the longest time, uh, because I commuted back and forth every, and I didn't stay at a host hotel, um, I didn't really take part in much of the night scene at Dragon Con. So uh, for more than a decade, that was the case. So um, like a lot of this uh, stuff is, is still new to me. Um, but, uh, pretty exciting. And, and definitely it's one of the reasons that, you know, Dragon Con stands out as being one of the, uh, conventions to go to one of the best conventions to go to. Um, it's got a reputation. Some of it is warranted. (laughs) Some of it, some of it is more, way more than, uh, warranted and some of it's not. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's cool to talk about these things, especially, you know, since it's, like I said, such, it's got such a reputation now. So. Uh-huh. So um, I appreciate uh, the, the talk that we had. That's really cool. Thank you, guys. And uh, we'll be right back. We're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back, and we're going to hear from Eternal Zane. Previously on Podcast Rule. Glomer is one of the most underrated cartoon characters of all time. Some call Glomer the Jar Jar of the PBU, you know. <laughs> I haven't stepped foot inside of a subway since, really. And neither is Jared. That's <laughs> true. You're over at my home every every week. Is there a meth lab here? Not a big one. I choose him, the one called Kirk. <laughs> I'm freaking James D. Kirk. <laughs> Find out more about Podcast Roll now on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. And don't forget AdamandJP.com and the ESO Network.
And now we are here with Eternal Zan. Welcome back, Zan. Thank you very much. I'm very excited. We've got some really great news this month. Oh, big time. And there's a lot of changes going on. So we'll get right into it right now, full force. So what do you got for us this month? Well, I understand you already talked about the Sheraton and how they made the situation right. So just in case this point wasn't adequately covered, um, or in case anybody has confusion on this, all the hotels in Atlanta are still going to be subject to that 0.9% citywide tax increase. So everybody, Sheraton or not, you're, you're still going to have a slight tax increase when you check in. And that has nothing to do with the extra $20 a night the Sheraton was trying to charge people and then decided to do the right thing and not charge people that. Because I have seen a lot of confusion online about what things are going to cost and what extra charges are. So, you know, death and taxes, nothing we can do about taxes. And I just wanted to make sure everybody understood that those two things are separate. In good news, the Hilton opened up rooms this month but at the non-Dragon Con rate. And as usual, the rooms with two doubles went first, and recently they've only had rooms left with one king, and that's pretty common. Yeah, You might be able to get a rollaway bed, but that's not guaranteed. So if, you're, if you absolutely need a rollaway bed, I always re- recommend and just invest in an air mattress. Have you ever slept on an air mattress? Oh, many times. Not it's okay most of the time. I do it when I go camping, or one of the first times I actually slept at Dragon Con was on an air mattress over at the Hyatt. Yep, I've done that many times. So definitely worth it to do that. Now I did want to talk a little bit about the difference between the Dragon Con rate and the non-Dragon Con rate. Have you ever booked at a non-Dragon Con rate, Mike? Not for Dragon Con, no, I haven't. Okay, so. Well, the difference is, of course, most of the time on this podcast, we're talking about how to get the best deals, and that's usually the Dragon Con rate if you're talking about staying at a host hotel. But sometimes rooms open up at the non-Dragon Con rate, which is, of course, a little bit more expensive. Sometimes so, up to $300 more a night more expensive. Yeah, it, it can be twice the cost of the Dragon Con rate, but not always. Recently, when the Hilton opened up, it was not that bad by Dragon Con standards. The rooms were like three, four hundred dollars a night, tax included, not counting parking or any extras you wanted to get. So it was above the Dragon Con rate, again, depending on the room type you wanted to get. But so it was above the Dragon Con rate. But another good thing about booking at the not Dragon Con rate is you can use your points. And all the Dragon Con hotels have rewards cards you can use. And even if you only stay at that one hotel for Dragon Con, you're still spending a bunch of money on that hotel room. Somebody in that room might as well be getting the points. So since they're all free, I recommend signing up for the rewards card of whatever hotel you stay in for Dragon Con. And start building up those points. And then if an opportunity like this comes along, you can use the points. And also you might think, oh, I stayed at the Hilton last year, but this year I'm staying at the Hyatt. Sometimes, like the Sheraton and the Westin, I think have the same owner now because the Sheraton was recently bought out. And I believe that's the same parent company. Um, So sometimes when you get a reward card, if it's part of a chain, 
it doesn't mean it doesn't necessarily mean that that rewards card is only good at hotels with that name. Some of the rewards cards have been making announcements this year about who's merging with who. So it is possible that you might be able to eventually use, say, your Sheraton rewards points at the Westin and vice versa. And that's something you want to go to the website and look up the most current details about your rewards points and see what hotels they're actually valid at so that you can, you know, DragonCon's a perfect time to re redeem those rewards points, but you can't use them if the room is already discounted. So you can't use your points when you get a room for the DragonCon rate. I've heard of people basically getting a free stay for DragonCon because they had enough points. Oh yeah, there's definitely cases of that out there. You just have to be persistent and, you know, it's all about timing, actually, when you could see if there's a free room and that it's points available. Right. So always look into that. And also when you book a room, this is this is for the new people. Know the exact address of the hotel you want to book because many are part of a chain. So there could be multiple Hiltons, multiple Hyatts. When people at DragonCon talk about hotels and when I talk about hotels, I tend to talk about the Hyatt like it's the only Hyatt. There's a hotel called the Hyatt Place. It's just not a host hotel. So usually when DragonCon people, especially longtime DragonCon people like myself, are referring to a hotel by one name, they are referring to the host hotel. People will just say the Hilton, and everybody knows that means the Hilton at DragonCon. There's only one Hilton that's a host hotel at DragonCon, and so that's what people are talking about. And there's five hotels. There's the Sheraton, the Westin, the Hyatt, the Marriott, and the Hilton. So whenever you hear somebody just using one name, they're talking about host hotels. Oh, sure. And you can find, yeah, you can find out what the host hotels are on the DragonCon website, and it'll have their exact address and knowing that is important too and also know your peach trees because a lot of streets have the word peach tree in it so you don't want to just say peach tree street it could be peach tree avenue and that's different than peach tree street so you want to know the the whole address and the entire name of the hotel well exactly and, and also you know this year since the last dragon con i know sheraton and the Westin, which is part of starwood is was bought out by marriott so eventually you're going to be able to use any of your points at any of those hotels. Yeah, I've gotten several emails about that, but they were basically emails saying stay tuned for future emails. So you might have already, if you already have rewards cards, you might have already gotten some emails that you just accidentally deleted or that went to your spam folder that were kind of giving you a preview of changes that were going to be made in your rewards accounts and, and uh, how you can use your points or if they're changing the value of the points. One of the emails I got was basically saying stay tuned and it didn't have a lot of details. So I personally can't use my points because I did get a room at the Dragon Con rate at the Marriott this year. But if I was getting a room for a friend and I do that too, I did get a room for a friend this year at a hotel at the non-Dragon Con rate for them. And they had enough points that they were fine with it. And that's another thing. If you're transferring a room, then you also want to make sure that you're putting your rewards number on the room when you take it over from somebody so that you can get the points for that room. Exactly. So, yeah, when you're doing that, you know, make sure you're getting the credit for it because you are staying at a hotel most of the time for at least four nights. Yeah. 
And, oh, that's another good point about the number of nights you're staying. When you're trying to see if you can book a room online, change the dates. The hotel might show as unavailable for the Dragon Con rate if you're putting in a couple extra days on either side. But generally, if you put the room in for Friday through Monday and ask for the Dragon Con rate when it's available, you know, not when it's sold out, it'll generally pop up. But let's say you're trying to do it on booking day and you are entering in Friday through Monday and it's showing nothing available, then try Friday through Sunday, try Saturday through Monday, just keep trying different ranges of dates and book what you can get. Because if it's only a matter of wanting to add a Wednesday or a Thursday before or checking out on Tuesday, if it's just a matter of a day here or a day there, you're probably going to be able to pick up that room later. And even if you pick up one night at a non-Dragon Con rate, again, you can probably use some points for that. So you can cobble reservations together from different dates. You just, when you check in, you just say, hey, I've got multiple reservations I don't want to change rooms. Can you link these reservations together? And they'll take care of all that at check-in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you definitely have to ch- check all that out. It's most definitely, you know, there's so much to do. And even if you're at one of the hotels and you're not a member, you could sign up right there on the spot when you check in and get points for that stay still. Mm-hmm. Now, I did get some questions from the audience, so I will go through a couple of those. I did get a very good question from – I actually got multiple very good questions. I might not have time to go through all of them, but I'll do what I can. The first question that I thought was very interesting is, how do people keep their legacy status and still transfer a room? How does that work? Well, the short answer is it doesn't. If you transfer your room to somebody, you're giving up the legacy status. So let's say – I don't go to Dragon Con every year, but I've got a legacy reservation. And for new people, a legacy reservation means I have a reservation at the Dragon Con rate at one of the hotels that will let me have first priority to book there next year. It doesn't mean I automatically get a room next year. They're not going to automatically book the room and pay for it, but they will provide me instructions when I check in about what the procedures are going to be for next year, and I still have to follow whatever those procedures are to make sure I get the room for next year. So once I transfer the room to somebody else, which means their name is on the room and their credit card is on the room and my name and my credit card information have been taken been taken off because you never want to leave a credit card hanging out someplace where you're not going to use it so when you transfer a reservation always make sure that your credit card has been removed so that it doesn't get accidentally charged for a room you're not staying in so once you transfer your room to somebody else it's their room but Let's say you live in Atlanta and you're not going to Dragon Con that year, but you've got a legacy reservation and you've got a friend that wants to go that year. Then you can just walk up, check into the hotel room, have your friend pay you, and then you can check out. Sometimes you can even, a lot of times you can even check out with an app. You don't have to be there. So your name and your credit card are on the room, which means you can follow the procedures to get that legacy room for next year. You just have to have your friend say, hey, here's the information for next year. Here's what you need to do to book. So you and your friend would just need to be in communication about that. Once you put your friend's name on the room, 
then they can make any changes to the reservation they want, including changing the dates, canceling the room, doing whatever they want. So if it's a friend you trust, none of this is a problem. But if you're trying to get the deposit that you paid back by helping out somebody online, then you're going to need to be a little bit more careful about how you do this. So some people refer to it as a sublet, meaning you're not giving away the legacy status because you're keeping your name on there, but you're letting somebody else use your room. And that kind of makes sense if you're already, if you live close to Atlanta, I'm not sure too much how you would make that work from how you would do a sublet. That would just get more complicated if you both, if you weren't there to check in. I'm not exactly sure how you could keep your name on a room if you weren't there to check in for it. So did you have any questions about that or the details of the difference between what a legacy status is and how to transfer a room to somebody? No, so far so good. And there is a very detailed article online about how to transfer a room. And you can Google DragonCon Wiki Hotel and the DragonCon Wiki will pop up. And there's a whole section with a very detailed article about how to safely transfer a room. And I did get a couple more questions, but the big one was... Will any more Dragon Con rooms become available? And everybody always wants to know that. Well, when the Hilton rooms became available, I learned about it online. I learned about it in the Dragon Con rooms Facebook group because somebody said, hey, I just called and was able to get a room. Why don't you guys give it a try? And then immediately that thread was full of comments of people saying, thanks, awesome, I just got a room. So the hotels, when they do release more rooms... Don't announce it. You just know by being in various online communities or by periodically calling the hotels or trying to book through their website or another booking website. And if you don't book directly through the hotel's website, then, of course, be very careful with the terms and conditions. Because if you're booking on Expedia or Hotels.com or anything like that, their terms and conditions most likely you're not going to be getting the DragonCon rate unless you're booking through the official DragonCon link, which is released on booking day. So whenever you're booking in any other way than on the official booking day, you may not be getting a DragonCon rate room. You probably won't be. And you want to make sure you understand what the deposit and cancellation policies are. That is another benefit of getting a non-DragonCon rate room. Usually you know, they might not have a non-refundable deposit. Their deposit and cancellation policies can be definitely more generous than if you book a Dragon Con rate room because then those have to abide by the rules for a Dragon Con rate room, which usually means a non-refundable deposit. So that just means the hotel isn't going to give you your money back. But a fellow fan for a sold-out hotel will definitely reimburse you for the deposit. And then that's when you would follow the instructions on how to transfer a room, which we can go over in detail on a future podcast. We have also gone through that on past podcasts. Nope. Definitely great information to have there, Zan. So yeah, if I knew when the next rooms would be available, I would tell you, but they never announce it. So that's why we have online communities so that we can all help each other out with that. Oh, sure. Most definitely. Well, that's great information, Zan. Anything else you want to hit on before you head out? I think that was the most important 
that I think those were the most important questions I got this month okay. of where people can contact me. That was my question next. Oh, okay. Um, no, go ahead. Ask me the question. All right, Zan. How can people find you? Well, if you would like to contact me, thank you for asking. If you would like to contact me, please email the Dragon Con Report podcast at esopodcast at gmail.com, or you can always comment on the ESO Facebook page, which you can just search for ESO podcast in Facebook and it'll come right up. It's www.facebook.com slash group slash ESO podcast. So that's a pretty easy URL to recognize. And if you want to contact me directly, I'm an eternal member and I have a website for that. It's dragonconeternalmembers.com. It's plural, so there's an S at the end of that. And there's a contact page on there, and that'll go directly to me. The DragonCon Rooms group that I mentioned, there's also, that that is a Facebook group where a lot of people share information, and you can just search for DragonCon Rooms group in Facebook, and that'll pop up. There's also the DragonCon Hotel Connection page. So, that is also an extremely helpful resource. And sometimes hotel information shows up sooner in one place online, but fairly quickly it'll spread to the other related groups online. So you can spot me in person if you're going to an upcoming convention that I'll also be at, because I do other conventions besides DragonCon. I have a tiara with my nickname on it, Eternal Zan, and I'm having a lot of fun wearing my tiara. I've been wearing it for about like two years now because... It's a tiara and it's awesome. Because she's a princess. I, I got it to be Amy Farrah Fowler, actually. <laughs> and her tiara. So I did my own version of the tiara and it's been a lot of fun. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Zan. And we will see you again next month. Thank you very much. And joining us once again, actually returning, is our good friend, Michelle Biddick Simmons. Michelle, welcome back to the station. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Now, um, I understand now that you're back, uh, we're, we're going to talk about, you know, some some issues about um, like personal journeys, right? Right. And uh, I like to give everything a title. And this one is everybody has an opinion and it's usually about your life. Also, a.k.a. building your self-esteem muscle until you can handle the asshats in the peanut gallery. Um, part of this is uh, every time I come up with a topic, something pops up that, that supports it and pushes it along. Um, part of this was a friend of mine posted, I mean, I had just come up with this because I had another one and I scrapped it, but um, a friend of mine posted something today about she was building a filter on Facebook and what she was saying to people was that if you were someone who wanted to support her and listen to her as she talked about her health plans and goals as she worked on her path, then you were welcome. But if you were someone who was going to try to give her a, your her opinion, your give her your opinion instead of listening to her, then you know basically this was not for you. And that was it hits it hit perfectly because that's what this is about. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with this very quickly. Um, everybody has self esteem. Everybody has self confidence. Everybody has a happiness set point. Both of those things are actually, uh, if you want to put it in terms of health, they're both muscles. Um, that, that is just, you know, obviously an allegory, not actually a muscle. But anything that you have to learn as a skill, 
in order to reach your goals is going to be something that you can build and strengthen. Therefore, we can call it a muscle. Self-esteem is one of them. Sadly, not everybody has good self-esteem, and sometimes their way of showing it is by acting out and attacking other people um, or criticizing. And so when you start your health plan, whether it's to lose weight, to just get healthy, to start exercising daily, to be able to cosplay as a Spartan, um, you need to really decide some things. And part of that is, who are you going to tell? Who's going to be your support system? Um, I suggest you only people that you know are on the same path as you are um, or someone that can be a mentor. And by mentor, I mean find someone that has done basically the same thing, has set a goal, and has achieved that goal. You don't necessarily want to do exactly what they did because we all are different, but you want to have someone who has achieved something that is in the boundary of where you want to go. Um, say someone who you want to lose 100 pounds. Find someone who has done that and is healthfully maintaining and is having a good life. Because that's what you want is you want someone that at the end of it you have someone you can talk to and who can give you, give you advice if you actually ask for it. That's a big part of it. Only gives you advice if you ask for it and only gives you advice to the actual question that you are asking. Because opinions, everybody has them and they are not always about you. Everybody is different. And the minute that someone else decides something about you, I, I'm going to tell a story very quickly. Um, I, years ago, Paul and I um, used to get up, and I need to get back to this, but we would get up and we would get um, a long walk slash run in, and there's a park by us, and it's all these fabulous hills. Well, that I was like a size 12, and um, when I'm a size 12, I'm not going to say my weight, but I'm, I'm actually, my weight's higher than most people because I'm mostly muscle. Well, we had gone out to lunch with some friends and the guys, it was like all men and one other woman. And I barely knew her, but I knew some stuff about her and they seated her next to me because they decided, Oh, the women will be friends. And this was my, I don't like cheat meal. This was my 20% meal. Everything else I do is 80% is on point. This was my 20%. And I knew this restaurant. We had been there so often I had salmon with broccoli and I had an order of french fries. No salt added because I knew the stuff that they put on it and I didn't like it and I don't usually use salt. Um, and then a little bit of honey mustard on the side. And she sat and watched me eat every single fry. And what I actually did was I realized while she was watching me that this was this uh, criticism thing. And I told Paul, I was like, later on, I was like, okay, we had four other guys at the table who were eating these monster hamburgers with like mayonnaise hanging off the side. And three of the guys who really good friends of ours are overweight. One of them drastically. And yet she chose to sit and stare at me. And she did about a month later, make some comment. When we were out with them again. Um, and it was like this offhanded comment about, you know, I don't remember what it was. I had, I had, we'd had something happen and I was like, um, feeling bloated and I think it was because I had something salty and she's still maybe if you didn't eat those french fries and I was 
like what I haven't had French fries in like a month. And she in her head was still dwelling on my month ago French fries wow. when I was like, I know seriously. And and I told Paul, I'm like, okay, I've dealt with this because I know she lost about a hundred pounds about twelve years before and would not allow herself even to have croutons and stuff because she was afraid she was gonna gain the weight back. And I was like Everybody has to come to their own place of dealing with, if it's weight, with dealing with your weight. But to dwell on somebody else's in that manner shows you have a self-esteem issue and that you're afraid that, you know, for some reason you need to criticize somebody else. But, you know, and, and it's funny, we're friendlier now um, because we're, we're away from that group of people and I really like and respect her. But I know that no matter what I ever do, she's always going to be watching what I eat or drink because it's her hang-up. Right. And, and, you know, the thing is, when you surround yourself with people who feel better about themselves, you can't make anybody else feel better about themselves. But by God, you can surround yourself with people who always make you feel good. And even if they are not going to pull punches because you've told them if you see me handing you know reaching for that cookie tell me no that means you've set a boundary you have a friend that can help police you that doesn't mean that they get to say no every time you do something and most people that you have allowed that part of you to know that part of you they get that because it's someone that you actually can really trust but um there are three particular, like I've been, I, I never really did Instagram before, but I've been looking at Instagram more recently. And part of it is, um, as part of the drop by Dragon Con stuff, I go out and I watch YouTube videos. I go to Tumblr, I go to Instagram, any place where I know there are people that are potential mentors or people who have done what people in the group are trying to do. I go hunting, and if I find someone I really like, I'll bring the videos back or tell people about them. Or I'll say, oh, you know, this person does this type of exercise because I know you were in a car accident or you have, um, we have two people that have um, neck injuries. Well, I found someone that actually does a particular type of yoga that she doesn't do any inversions that cause pressure on the neck. Well, I found that and I've given that to them. So I try to go and find things for people like that. And I found three people that um, I really like that are on Instagram and YouTube and stuff. And then I bumped into this site where they basically tear these people down. And I thought, wow, you built a site. And I mean, I have been a moderator on so many groups, including authors pages before. And I know about haters and I know about people that are negative. But the fact that someone can put that much energy into being that hateful or angry at someone that they don't actually know, but someone who has achieved something that they probably want, but instead of just working on their own damn business and their own problems and achieving what they want to achieve, they would rather complain about it. So when you're, when you're working to reach your goals when I, I really suggest this, when you start really working to reach your goals, sit down and have a really deep talk with yourself. Find out what it is 
that does set off your self-esteem alarms. What what triggers are going to get you? Because by God, if there's someone in your life that you know is going to try to undermine you, and we all have those. I hate saying it, but we do. And some people have no clue that that's who they are. But if you have to, if it's on Facebook, step away from a group if there are people like that in it. If there's someone that's in your real life, you're going to have to step away from them for a while. Or you set your boundaries, even if you don't state them out loud. If this person, I had this happen, by the way, um, years and years and years ago, um, someone that I loved dearly and we were in college together, he wanted to go out, like I wanted to go out and have lunch and I always wanted a salad. And he wanted to go out and get ice cream. And I never understood what the hell that was about. And years later, I bumped into him, and it was because, um, and I, I wasn't fat. It was just so weird. It was like he wanted me to be like 10 to 15 pounds more than I was, but it was because of his comfort zone. And it, it just, everybody has stuff like that. So if you're aware of the people in your life that potentially could be damaging to what your goals are, you have to set your own boundaries. You have to be positive for yourself. Do you guys have any questions? No, absolutely. And that's a fair point. And as you mentioned, sometimes they don't even realize, I mean, they're trying to be, they think they're trying to be helpful, trying to impart their knowledge, their world experience, what have you. And they just don't understand that, you know, I mean, people are different, especially when you're talking about these, these personal journeys that really are, and I don't mean personal, I mean, obviously from a, an emotional point they are as well, but personal. just... Mm-hmm. Right. Even though we're all human, we're all like a little bit different. And, you know, like certain medications that work for some people don't work for others. And we're all made up of a lot of different kind of mixture of parts that, yeah, what what applies to one doesn't apply to the other. So, right. And let me tell you, like, I know um, I actually just had this discussion on Drop By not long ago, and I took it to a PM with this, a private message with this person. Because um, somebody was talking about hitting a wall and weight-wise, and I privately PM the person that was saying, well, you know, maybe you're eating too many carbs, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, here's the deal. Um, She actually told you what her diet was. And some people, like I know I'm carb-sensitive. Some people are carb-sensitive. Some people, by the way, we do know that the redhead gene, if you actually have a specific redhead gene, and there are multiple redhead genes, not only does it make you more sensitive to medications, and in fact, some medications will not work on you at all, it also can make you gain weight at a faster rate. That's why also some red cats and dogs will puff up, and guinea pigs and stuff, because we, um, I'm unfortunately one of them, uh, and if I'm on antibiotics, it makes it worse, and that's something else we never tell people. Antibiotics make you gain weight. Steroids as well, but that's a different thing. It's inflammation. But antibiotics will make you gain weight. So if you're sensitive to anything, everybody's different. You right. have to do what works for you. Absolutely. And the best thing is write everything down, track everything, and don't listen to anybody's opinion about what you're doing because if it's working for you, um, Keep going with it. As long as it's healthy, as long as it's healthy. That's the biggest thing for me is if you go under a certain thing of calories, I am going to start panicking <laughs> because <laughs> right, right. you need them because your body and your brain, you need to keep going. Absolutely. But, um, 
I, I, I'm going to say really quickly, at this, at this time of year, you're going to find more people being active. And sadly, more people that are negative are being active on the Internet. I was kind of amazed. Uh, <laughs> right. At, but right. I found this like overnight, the number of people making nasty comments doubled. And I thought it's the good weather. <laughs> I don't know why. But um, anyway, whatever you have to do, as long as it's safe and sane. And if you need someone, find a mentor, talk to talk to someone who's already done what you want to do. Yes, and you can find mentors and a lot of support and encouragement, of course, at the Drop by Dragon Con group that you are wonderfully part of. Yeah, and it's a great group, and we are really very supportive. And we have so many people that may not post unless you post, because when people join and start telling their story, all of a sudden somebody else will pop up and say, oh, my God, that's exactly here. Let me tell you what happened with me. And absolutely that like that's a form of peer support. That's the best kind, because somebody else that understands you. Yay. Absolutely. So definitely we encourage people to go there and we encourage you to listen next month when Michelle will be back. So thanks, Michelle. <laughs> we appreciate it again. Your return is always welcome. Yeah, I'm glad it went well. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ciao. And so we draw a close to yet another episode of the 2017 Dragon Con Con Report. A big thanks to everyone for joining us on this episode. As always, we're very glad to hear from Michelle Biddick-Simmons and Eternal Zan. And much thanks to our station crew, starting with Nikki. Thanks, Nikki. Always a pleasure. Good to be back. And uh, I didn't even talk to you about um, the um, the Medieval Times event that you went to, but you took a lot of great pictures. I actually, sad to say, I had to leave. Um, I got sick shortly after oh, we got there. Goodness. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But you did. I don't. Um, I did see some pictures, right? You did take some, or was that from the year before? I did take some pictures. No, I did take some pictures. Uh, and then when we got in, I was starting to feel a little overheated and a little dizzy. And I was like, I'm going to throw up. Um, so I had to go home. But shout out to Medieval Times. They were awesome. And they said, go ahead, go home and come back when you're feeling better. Um, and so they gave me a gift certificate to go back at another time, which was wow. very cool. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, and the king even came over to make sure I was okay. <laughs> yeah, because I was like white as a sheet and very clammy. So yeah, it was not it was not a good night. But um, the plague with my there, baby. Well, there are uh, <laughs> despite despite the clamminess, there are some pictures online, so you yes. can check them out at uh, Geek Behind the Lens, right? Yes, exactly. Awesome, and and thanks, Mary, for joining us. Absolutely, anytime. And, and sharing with us uh, your uh, knowledge of where to hide the booze. Hey, well, you know, it's really <laughs> the one thing that I know about. So. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> so, so it was. So, a lot of women out there will have booze jobs. I get it. <laughs> I know. Hey. Uh, I know. <laughs> Thank you, Darren, our party man. No, don't thank me after that pun. You owe me restitution, sir. I, I, I will be paying for that uh, yes, for a long, yes, for years will. to come. I'm sure. <laughs> yes.
And thank you, Director Faber, for which, of course, none of this would be possible. I am still wincing from that pun, dude. I am really right. wincing. This this may be my last uh, hosting job for this uh, Dragon Con report. But, um, as always, we try to cover all we can with these specials. But to keep up with the latest news, please check out the official Dragon Con website and especially their social media outlets like their Twitter account and their Facebook page. They have up to the minute, well, up to the day, I will say, information there, um, usually first and foremost. So, And all the tracks are active uh, on Facebook, um, so check them out as well. They're still looking for volunteers as well as panel ideas. So if you've got an idea for how you can contribute to Dragon Con, reach out to them directly. Uh, ESO, or Station One, uh, the crew here can be found on Facebook, Twitter, all the social media. Uh, we want you to be part of the discussion here on the station, so please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, send us questions. Um, you know, Some of the topics that we come up with are because of, of you guys, because you guys have sent us something and said, hey, I want to find out more about this. So please continue to do that, because uh, at the end of the day, we're doing this show for you guys. Um, although we're having a lot of fun, so I think we do it anyway. But it's, um, it's all about Y O U. That's right. Please help support us by filling up your cart at our Amazon e store, or just going clicking on the link to Amazon at the top of our new Earth Station One page. Thank you very much for your hard work on that, Mike Faber. Yay! I'm still working on it. My fingers are work bloody now. Thanks. Well, we appreciate it a lot. It looks great. And and thanks everybody out there for listening. I'm once again I'm your host Mike Gordon and it has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. <laughs>